This is Brain Fuzz, the art, music, and culture podcast with Joe Camusa and Matthew White. In episode 38, Joe and Matthew join artist Krista Clark in her studio. They discuss her work, creative practice, and what feeds it. The G word makes an appearance. Restaurant and coffee chains are skewered. Sponsorship opportunities are lost. But first, we take a look at her unique studio location. But other than that, I've heard it was a school at one point, but I don't know. But it is an active church with it services, Sunday services. Yep. Mm-hmm. So heavy, not the original heavy metal church. Rehearsal space. And they have heavy metal. So they, the musicians were the last to move in. And they just, and I guess it's just like groups that just, yeah. But so that must be interesting during studio visits, you probably just like... Well, I've been pretty lucky. I had one so far that I had to ask, like, can you not, can you, you know, have them um, not play? But I've been pretty lucky, but I can get, I mean, like the floor will shake. I recorded at one time. And when it first started, it was so aggravating. And it was just, you know, because you... You just let it seep into your headspace. I think whenever it's something beyond your control, like it's really hard, you know, like if it's... To like filter it out. Yeah, like heat, excessive heat or excessive cold, you know, like after a while, like it just, I don't know, you know, especially because you're working for yourself. It's, right. it's too easy to say, oh, the hell with this, I'm going to go do laundry. Yeah. Then, like, <laughs> myself to, yeah. But, but it hasn't been, and I don't know if I've just, because it's been a couple of years now. It's been at least a year, if not two years. So did you move here, like, right after grad school? I moved here my last year of grad school. So the last year of grad school, I was, I had the space. It's funny, I keep running into a lot of um, educators um, that aren't teaching this summer, and everyone's just in heaven about, you know, like, I've got, like, ten more weeks, or, <laughs> and, and then, yeah. and, but then yeah. the guilt, though, is magnified, like, if there's a day where, like, they're not in the studio working, yeah. and it's just, mm-hmm. and I realize, like, I think for truly motivated artists, you're right, it never goes away. Yeah. There's always that feeling, like, man, I should be in the studio, or... Yeah, mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, and um, like I said, that's probably a good thing versus if you just kick back watching The Simpsons, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely amped up because yeah, I'm I have the summer off, and and you also have a lot, you know, not to like put you on. Well, not anymore. Well, but I mean, you just were awarded the Mocha Working yes. Artist, which is fantastic and really well deserved and earned, and I'm really excited um, for you. So obviously talking about like long range, you've mm-hmm. got like what, a year? A year for that. So I, we have not set a schedule yet in terms of who um, will show when. But I mean, other than that, like it's, it's quiet. Like, <laughs> which, so that's the new anxiety of, because last year was, um, I had something kind of set up. Like I would go from one thing to the next and now it's just like, an abrupt halt. <laughs> well, so that's but I thought one of the tenets of that uh, of that program, though, is that you like you you can't really show in Atlanta, correct? So, so you can't have a solo show okay. in Atlanta. You can have, to my understanding, you can have group shows, okay. and you can have a solo show outside. Of, I think it has to be outside of Georgia. Yeah, but in a way, does that bring you some level of? Uh, like comfort in terms of like okay I really can just yeah I get a year to make whatever I'm gonna make and uh, without it being this free fall like like so many people in grad school you know it's like thesis is everything right like, it's a show it's right it's important but because I was just trying to imagine you know, like what that feels like to, to have think that about like here. like so you have that entire space not to yeah so how are you feeling are you uh, <laughs> should be probably working this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> um no it is it's both it's definitely I'm like I can appreciate just being able to focus on the show yeah um and it's nice to have experienced having to write a thesis paper and plan for a show I'm like I don't even have to have that aspect of the writing which I do and right now this early stage I really want to focus on research however that unfolds which that was my plan for the summer anyways is just to try to get a lot of reading done because I feel like I've um, that's good because that's one of my questions it's like how does how does reading inform your practice mm-hmm. now that someone's not telling you to read what to read or to, to read. lose um so I have a book that I have like three books that I'm three pages into <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> you really want to read, absorb it, right? I've read an right? equivalent of yeah. 20 pages this summer. <laughs> yeah, I read some of those pages a couple times. That's, I always love that. Wait, I can start this again. So, yeah. yeah my, um, so one of the books I'm reading is called Buildings Must Die. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm looking at definitely architecture. Right. Um, and the another book that I'm reading is, also, is uh, We Were Eight Years in Power, which is not specific to my practice, but I feel like, and that's by Tanitsi Coates. Oh, yeah. I'm butchering his name, as I tend to do. Uh, but, um, so I feel like that informs it um, just in terms of where we are, <laughs> you know, n now. Yeah. Um, what is the other book? But I just, I just really want to, um, and it may not necessarily directly inform my practice, whatever it is that I'm reading, but I just, uh, I feel like for me, I'm lacking that aspect. Um, and it's not preventing me at all from making work. Um, I just feel like I want to be more informed in some way. And I'm just kind of, you know, I think. No, I think that's, that makes sense, you know, because I mean, like all art all the time starts to get and have like a total vacuum and I think to whether it's reading fiction or broadening one's perspective um, especially starting to think about content which is always like the kind of the ugly word looming especially amongst people working with an abstraction well, what's right. this mean what right. is what is really going on yeah. here yeah. and uh, I, I think that's probably smart and then if you're enjoying it you mm -hmm. know, how can how can it hurt I think that a lot of people just don't give themselves the time to do what you're doing, reading and researching. That's an important component mm -hmm. of it, but it's somehow you're not active enough to satisfy that kind of, we were saying earlier, guilt of not producing or whatever. Oh, there's that. But it's still there, though. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because, which I yeah. think is why I haven't read, like, the reading part. Like, I've been able to be in the studio. I've been, I've, I've been making, but not necessarily in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the reading right now is the first thing to fall by the wayside of something. <laughs> do you read but here or do you? I don't. I read at home, but I thought about like maybe I need to try to read. In so the you have studio. like a real separation of like church. Like do you like do. write and read? Like is that part of your daily? But is that that's like at home and the studio is literally the studio is work. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Which I don't know why that is, why I don't feel like I can. I think, I think part of the guilt factor, actually, is that I'm, I feel like if I'm in here, I need to be making. Uh, Whereas, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. like, you can't read in your studio, but. <laughs> right. I, um, we, we always are talking about our 21, and I think it was Susan Rothenberg, who, um, you know, all those silences, you know, yeah. you're trying to stay, whoa, yeah. <laughs> but she at this point, she's like, you know, I don't care, uh, you know, if I'm in my studio reading like a, you know, a cheap detective novel, like as long as I'm there, something can happen. Right. And that kind of gave me permission to like, if I'm, you know, reading, writing, uh, kind of like grad school, it's like just, you know, uh, once, whatever you need to do, uh, I still feel better that if I'm there. If you're there, right. At least, you know, give it a shot. And there's some days when you're just like, no, you're burned out. You need to get the hell out of yeah. here. Yeah. But in our culture, we don't allow ourselves that. It's, it's yeah, just, it's I know. any kind of downtime, like I need to wrong. check social media mm -hmm. or I need to check email. I need to, you know, get on it, you know? And when really, a lot of times what you need is exactly that, just to be still and mm -hmm. I think that's why a lot of people lose their minds on residencies you know like suddenly that's they're like yeah. they're out in the woods and they don't have the internet it's just like oops yep so like are, are you uh, like are you a Luddite in here or like do you social media or, and phone or you like, um, really go I do no I should and social media is an issue I don't know <laughs> is it I don't know anybody that it's not and I've just noticed it I feel like in the past year where yep. it's definitely interrupting everything and to a point where, I mean, like, I've, <laughs> we're talking to some, I mean, it's a serious addiction. It's very... How do you, does, do you think it, how do you feel with, like, looking at Instagram typically? If we were, if we can... I don't feel, one? so I know a lot of people say that, um, like, with Instagram, they feel like it can bring them, just social media in general can bring them down after they've spent, but for me, and I don't really do, I'm on Facebook, but I... Yeah. 
just kind of lurked yeah, and I not miss a deadline or something. I'm not like yeah. an active participant. Right. Um, but I definitely, so yeah, Instagram is, I guess, my platform of choice. Um, and I still use it for, like, I definitely, there's inspiration and I, I have my, so my, I have my two accounts and my one account is just specifically for art. And so I'm there, I try to um, just focus on like following museums and um, more, I guess it's more institutions. And, and so I feel like it's, it's, I'm informed in some way with that. And I just, so I try to uh, curate or edit out what I'm looking at on that page. And that was actually a specific move. I made that for that reason, because so I wouldn't be distracted by other yeah. things that were filtered in on my, from my other account. Yeah, that's interesting how feeds work and how we consume feeds. Mm-hmm. And you lack that compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's enough. You know, the suicide thing, they're saying mm-hmm. there are links between social media and the rise in suicides, which... I, can, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, which is not at all surprising. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think we any of us really want to admit it. Right. But, um, you know, I've read some stuff that there are linkages there. Which makes me wonder, I mean, I just, this is maybe way off, but just thinking about, like, I look at my nieces and nephews that, you know, are they equipped to handle it differently than we are? Like, I wonder, like, how does that break down the suicide? Is it, you know, people of our generation or is it people of younger generations? Or because they've grown up with that, can they... That's a good question. That's a good question. Because we're just, we know what it was like pre... Yeah. This horde. <laughs> right. Yeah. Time suck. Yep. But, um, you know, maybe our brains have not adapted in the same way that. That's right. Current yeah. generations. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, we were just talking about it yesterday. I mean, I, for me, it's definitely a necessary, you know, evil. There's certainly a lot of good that can come from it. But, um, but I, I keep noticing, like, there's just a lot of. Um, it's, it's kind of a downer a lot of times. I don't know, like just the snark and, and I don't know. Well, the feed, again, that, going back to the consolidation of different aspects of your life into one concise feed uh, so that certain factors influence you in ways that you maybe shouldn't mm-hmm. let them influence you. It's, uh, it's increasingly difficult. This is interesting that we're discussing this now because I lost, my phone was either lost or stolen Sunday. And so I've been without a phone for since since for three or four days now, and um, it's an adjustment. And I find myself reaching, and oh, I'm just gonna have to figure it out. Right. And I, I'm really considering. I think this this may be a thread as we move uh-huh. forward in our conversations. <laughs> You're going <laughs> Amish. Um, no, I'm looking into. I'm, I'm looking to see what I can do to maybe put some balance. Yeah. In, in, into my life in that regard and uh, yeah so it'll be a you're gonna get a pager uh no bring pagers the, back yes they, pagers are not a bad thing when you think about it really but uh yeah they don't sell those I don't, I don't think you can they even get on the network with those <laughs> right <laughs> like does not compete but I I think it was last week or the week before I'm like okay I'm going to not get on Instagram and like, <laughs> yeah. Five minutes later, Are I serious? was looking at. We don't want again. Another thing we don't want to admit is that they are engineered by very smart people to be addictive. And I don't. And I usually say I don't have an addictive personality. Yeah. Well, but the dopamine. I mean, you're getting yeah, you're exactly. getting the dopamine on you know, mm-hmm. either way. Yeah, it's tough though. Like, uh, like walking in someplace. Uh, you got a few minutes to kill, and it's like, how do you not just pull? And if somebody else pulls the phone out, yeah. then you're like, oh, it's over. And right. as soon as you know, yeah. I um, I saw your work, and I didn't we I didn't know you. Um, I knew your name, and I saw your work. Um, I forget where it was now. I remember, and this is always a good thing for me. I remember, hey, I, I like that. Without knowing the artist, the background, the you know, there are a lot of different things at work here, but. One aspect that's really interesting to me is the balance between permanence and impermanence in both the materials and the installation. Hmm. I'm thinking about definitely impermanence. I guess where do you see the permanence? Just in terms of the 
Not, well, to, put it, not to put it back on you. But no, 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 no. This is good because um, in, in the selection of some of these materials there, well, I don't know that anything is really permanent, mm -hmm. but I would say uh, tarp, yeah, the tarps and the plastics, mm -hmm. um, far more permanent than masking tape. And, and or just the work in itself. Like, I mean, I'm somebody who makes something and it either gets framed or it's a canvas and mm -hmm. it gets, yeah. and um, when it leaves the studio, like it's, it's done, it's mm -hmm. not changed. And um, some artists are obsessed with archival, the archivalness right. right. of it. And I guess what we were talking about is to have that freedom where you will make the work in here. And I think you were saying it was a conscious decision and maybe a conversation with a curator or some, mm -hmm. some art world smoothie um, <laughs> that you were like, I'm going to allow the piece to, to morph and change on site. And that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. and, and that just seems very liberating. How did you get from that? Just thinking like from knowing your work now for a few years, seeing what you were doing in grad school. Mm -hmm. and, I think you said very eloquently um, your goal or mm -hmm. was to break out of the rectangle and it's like well you certainly congratulations <laughs> you've done it and yeah. some of us are still stuck with it but uh. <laughs> um, so I can tell you actually specifically so when I did the wall I did a wall installation my first wall installation for my thesis show at Georgia State which I saw that um, and so I prepared for that here I did two versions of it before I set it up at Georgia State and so my original plan was I was going to, you know, make it here and then I'll just recreate it in the gallery space. And I had um, probably one of the most helpful studio visits with Avantika Bawa, again, butchering her name. Mm -hmm. um, she was doing studio visits with Georgia State. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And she came and she saw the first um, iteration and she was like, you need to, I think I had maybe like a week before I needed to set up for the, my thesis show. And she was like, you need to just take this down and do another one. And <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Which was, and I did that and it was, um, and so she was like, you know, like think about opening it up more think about how your body interacts with these materials, think about, um, and then she reminded me of Saul Lewitt's list of, um, of verbs and you know so like what can you is something um is it following is it um can't of course I can't think of any of the the obvious terms right. from the list but so that was extremely helpful and she specifically said when you make that when you do your final piece in the gallery, you know, you, you don't necessarily, don't think of making it as, remaking it, just think of it as another version, or it's just, it's like a, a performance. And it, yeah, and a performance. Well, and, but you just use the phrase final piece, but in reality, it's, it's an not, iteration. Right, it's another, it was an iteration. Yeah. Right, it was a third iteration. And um, I don't know if she said this, I, she, but I, it, so I was able to take moments and things that I liked in the first and second iteration and include that in the third, it was called Residual Residence. Um, so that was extremely helpful. And I think I've, so I've used that going forward in terms of, um, you know, I don't, it, that freed me up that I don't need to completely replicate what I did in the studio. And I generally... Um, all of the pieces, so I feel like a little bit of a fraud because <laughs> because a lot of the um, they're not really site specific, you know. And some like I'm thinking of the, with the exception of I would say the most site specific piece I did is slipper space um, because that was I couldn't, you know, I I had ideas for what I wanted to do, but because of the nature of that space, yeah. I couldn't really create it here so so Sorry. sliver space for those not familiar yeah. uh sliver space is a small space in atlanta contemporary and what's the size of that so at the um narrowest point it's a foot wide and then the op the opening i think it's like two feet wide so it's tapers back so it's a challenge to work. I mean, I assume some of the work that goes in there is already made and fits in there, but so much of the, I guess, magic of a space like that mm -hmm. is learning to work with those bizarre dimensions. Mm -hmm. And in that case, what was, what was the work that... So it was, and I always say, I'm learning that, I always refer to my work as being minimal. Um, 
when everyone's sense. like, but I've um, we're like that's not minimal. But um, I guess minimal in terms of materials. Right, yeah, but the yeah. materials themselves may not be yeah. minimal. On one side, I put up the Pink Panther um, installation, not installation, mm -hmm. um, and that acted almost as um, one kind of like this wallpaper, but then also lent to this. Because I'm my main thing I'm thinking about is transitional spaces right. and transitional materials, um, and then incorporating that with still the language of drawing. So on the other side, I had um, the orange string that I cut from the orange um, oh. fencing um, that just kind of draped and made a gesture on the opposite side of the on the other wall. Um, but then the space was divided almost in half by um, drywall um, that prevented you from completely accessing the space. So you could see, you could peek around it, but uh -huh. there wasn't enough room for you to be able to go all the way around it. And so just trying to interrupt the space in some way. And now I'm really trying to think about, and this was helpful after having talking to um, Paul Benjamin, Paul Stephen Benjamin. Um, another another a brain fuzz alum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but thinking about that idea of interruption and um, he's always saying, come off, come off the wall, um, which I do want, you know, I, it's both. I want to because the wall is still very much... Um, it's like a parent in a way that <laughs> I, I don't want to lose the wall entirely, but I also do want to um, move into actual space even more so. Um, well, even the, the, to me, there's also a great like implied notion of space, you know, which is, which is exciting. And I love that you're resisting might be the strong term, but like in terms of like calling it, you know, a drawing or sculpture or installation. I think I've heard you say that they're just works on paper. Mm -hmm. It's a way of giving yourself this freedom to have this platform. Like if they come off the wall, they come off the wall. Uh, you know, and just kind of defining on you know your own terms what you're doing. I mean, calling them minimal. I agree with you. They. I mean, I see tremendous restraint in editing, um, in like a lot of decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I also love like. You know, maybe that's the high, and then I see the low of some of the material, some of these tapes that certainly aren't archival, and mm -hmm. like there's some precious moments. There's there's the opposite, and I, I always think for me that's the sweet spot in any art. That's that sweet and sour, and um, I'm just like I'm thinking. You seem like very well adjusted to come. I mean, it takes a lot of strength. And you mentioned Paul Stephen Benjamin, and he's another one where it's just like, nope, this is what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah, like when I grow up, I want right. to be like him. <laughs> Uh, you know, and yeah. it's the way you talk about your work, you know, because um, that leads me to think like I haven't really seen you put a statement out, which I think is tremendous, you know, to be able to, I mean, I've heard you say, you know, in terms of, um, you know, obviously you're rooted in architecture and like interested in you know, how we occupy space mm -hmm. in some way. Um, all of your work is an abstraction of architectural perspective. And it's like, that's enough, right? Instead of like two paragraphs of, you know, we always love to yeah. give hell to some of the worst, you know, to, to artists artist statements in general, but uh, that seems like a hard, um, hard won battle to get to that point. Was it, or am I just like putting my own baggage on you? Like, I think there, it's, but there's been a lot of editing. If you, if you read my first um, abstract for my, <laughs> For my thesis paper, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, there were, it was it was hard, but uh, I think things just you know as you're working things just kind of fall away, and then but it's I mean I definitely I'm still, which I guess we all are, are still trying to you know navigate that and what you know definitely still figuring out what is most important to me and what is you know what am I really trying to focus on and. Um, and figure out and break apart in some way. Um, I think it's refreshing because I mean, I, I feel like right now the, a lot of the emphasis is on spectacle and this maximal kind of experience mm -hmm. for the the viewer, or the casual viewer. And I think you know, again, to perhaps go in the opposite direction. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was—I mean, it's definitely been 
since I've started working in this way, I probably feel it's been the most enjoyable for me. Um, just in terms of, because nothing really is off limits, I feel. Um, and really any material can enter into, I'm trying to be more uh, conscious of the materials that I'm using. Mm -hmm. um, for better or for worse. <laughs> Cause that definitely, but I, but I mean, it's definitely, you know, because I was, I was working with paper and pencil and, um, and I just didn't know how to, that was the only language that I knew. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been really refreshing just to be able to have my world open up into, you know, anything is possible and that nothing really is off limits. Um, and, and when I'm working, um, you know, like I try to, I guess there's this back and forth in my mind of, you know, there are these larger ideas that I'm thinking of, um, transitional space. Um, but when it comes down to the work, I want the work to be genuine. And for me, that means right now that I have to just let the materials um, I had to continue to play with the materials and I have to let uh, the composition just kind of come together in that way rather than dictating ahead of time that this is what I want the piece to be. Like, I haven't been able to go back to that really in terms of having um, a preset plan for each work in I some mean, way. I, who, who can really have that luxury? Because it seems like most people it has to be process to get to a piece. To get to a piece. That's mm -hmm. erasure or paint over, sanding, what have you, mm -hmm. I mean. But um, I think because when I was doing drawings, and this was even before Georgia State, um, when I was working, when it was more, um, I guess, realistic in some way, um, it, it was all somewhat planned out. And it was so static and so, like, <laughs> so, and yeah, maybe it's good that I can't get back to that point. <laughs> or I don't want to go back to that point. Because as, as soon as I something like that. I'm like, oh, it needs to be. <laughs> mm. You're listening to this podcast, but you um, you can't see the work that we see, so uh, you can always go to brainfuzzpodcast.com, take a look at the show notes, and um, we'll um, link to some work from there, and uh, you, can, you can see for yourself. One of the... Well, I have, a, I have several questions here. Let me ask you about a piece like uh, this one here. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of your work... How do you present it to a collector, a buyer? How do they preserve the work? If if someone wanted to go with this, are they going to? You do, you can't put this in a frame, right? right? You don't want that. I don't want that. You don't um, ever want that. Yeah, that is uh, to be determined. Really? I have, yeah, that is a new issue. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was going to say, are um, you getting that from um, whether curators or in terms of like? your archive and how does this how does this work mm -hmm. live on right so that's something that Sandler Hudson and I are trying to figure out um, is yeah how how are these preserved and and I think that's also something that scares me because I don't want that to to dictate how I approach the work that, to, that I don't want to have to be worried about you know that this eventually needs to be framed so you know I can't um, which I haven't been really, but <laughs> which kind of gets back to the permanence, impermanence, and more accurately, degrees of permanence. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. all of the materials here, um, they differ in degrees of permanence. Mm -hmm. But then the very work itself, uh, in in the different iterations, um, well, it almost thinks I almost think of Saul Witt again. Yeah, you know, in terms of like the instructions, which is still one of my all time favorites. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, perhaps the work. Um, comes with a set of here's how, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, versus you know mounting it onto a, a faux wall yeah. or I love that you're thinking in terms of like that's somebody else's. That seems like the <laughs> right artist. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like well, yeah, no, just right. You I mean, make where it and then you let. What is your responsibility? I don't want a little obsessive. What, what kind of crates it? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, but yeah, I, I think know. like hey man, that's that's. I could great. probably use some of that though. <laughs> because I know, the, the I drawings know. have suffered so when, because I had in the shoot show uh -huh. I had drawings that were incorporated into that wall uh -huh. and 
So I was, you know, piling all this stuff in together. Yeah. And the drawings just were piled in with all the other materials where really I should have somehow, um, you know, packaged them. Or does that become part of the work? Because they were destroyed. Oh. (laughs) Okay, so that was my next question. How much of that moved on to the next Uh, installation or... Do I have anything left from that? There may be pieces and that then, came from, okay. but there was um, one drawing in particular that I wish that I had been more um, careful with, had taken more care with, because it's, I think, probably one of my... I don't know if that just happens because things... Like when your pieces that, go, that you sell or that those always end up becoming my favorite pieces <laughs> and so like the pieces are like oh I wish I but I'm like well if I still had it here would it still be would right. I still feel the same way the whole absence yeah. <laughs> that's funny though because I mean I, I I think you're probably right in terms of the, the pieces that leave you you would hope are the best that, work, that, you know, but right. occasionally you're like oh that really you yeah want, you want that <laughs> sure yeah there is that too yes um. <laughs> So, I don't know, sometimes you need that distance, but... You mentioned architecture earlier. You were you're reading on the subject of architecture, and we, again, in our preparation, of course, that came up. Did you start out with an interest in architecture, and this came from that? Mm-hmm. Or how, how did it... Or did how your did interest it? blossom from the things that you were putting together? Um, so, it came up... So, my the one consistent thread through my work has been my interest in space, negative space. Okay. Um, and I've always been attracted to that almost more so than anything else that's happening okay. in the work. And I think a lot of that is informed from my background in printmaking. Okay. Because you really have okay. to think about, yeah. that's just as, you know, the negative space <laughs> is, you know, so much part of the process. Um, so I think that informs I, yeah, I that. Um, but so before I was doing this, I was doing... Um, drawings that were much more organic and much more and still abstract um, and I was still thinking about this exploration of space um, but um, it was it was all my own mark making um, and then I started to look at artists just you know was looking at artists um, I was even at that point I was looking at um, Julie Mertu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say the artist that had the biggest influence on me kind of shifting to incorporating some type of um, the language of architecture is Sahara Shah um, who I mentioned but uh, she she does she has um, a background as an architect she was a trained architect, architect. I don't know if she's still I think she's pr- predominantly a fine artist now but so she does these very intricate um, drawings architectural drawings thinking about brutalist architecture and how space can be interrupted and history can be interrupted Um, and so that's when I started thinking really just thinking about um, my perspective in the work um, and using this incorporating this established language which um and thinking about, you know, what does it mean for me to use that language? Um, and it kind of just evolved from there. Um, and the first drawings, when I started thinking about architecture, the first drawings that I did were still very much, um, they were pastel and um, they weren't really incorporating other, they didn't have any collage elements. But, it, you know, I had a, a distinct horizon line. Mm-hmm. They had planes. Uh, and then I just, again, I started to, I was also looking at um, Gordon Meta Clark. And so, and then I started cutting away. Um, and so from there, I just. So I think the one. all the, my buttons here. The one, the one remaining that you didn't mention was Sarah Z. I know. And which I really just, sorry, there's a hair that's been falling. Oh, I was, yeah. I decided not to. To touch that. I thought, should I? Should I? That could be part of the work. That's part of the work. (laughs) Hair has not entered in it. (laughs) Um, It's funny, I've always, you know, (laughs) but I have just really recently started actively looking at her work. It's kind of crazy to me because 
and find stuff when you need it. Yeah. That's one of the things that amazes me in these conversations and in conversations we've had that have been offline is that no one can know everything right. and that we're all finding these little bits and pieces and then bringing them to each other and, and, and discussing them. And yeah, it's kind of like you just said, you find them when you need to find them. Which I think, and that's where I find Instagram so helpful because yeah, it, because I it, it brings yeah. these, yeah. and that's why I try to follow um, yeah. a, you know, variety. a variety so yeah. that, and it just introduces me to so mm-hmm. many artists that I would have no, I, you know, I had no idea. And so that I think for me is, that is why it's been, it's helpful in that way. Okay, so that's a that's a mark in the pro column for the connected world. Sure. Okay. I want to be contrarian here for a moment, though, because I mean, I definitely think there's a time and a place for heavy feeding, uh, whether online <laughs> or books, but also then going the other way. And you said something. I feel like a stalker. Um, <laughs> doing some research, but you know, because I've felt the same thing, where you were, I guess, maybe expressing a feeling of wishing you had more sculpture or 3D experience, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, to be doing this work. And then I was just thinking, though, but it's, could it also, do you see it as a, almost liberating? It's not like you don't know what you're doing. You're a trained artist. You've gone to some fine schools. Mm-hmm. But to not also have all that baggage, maybe, of like, how, here's how it should be done. Or right. like, you're able to kind of pick and choose, use the materials you want to use, and... Is that a, I wonder, do you think, is that a quicker way to get to the most unique work, which is what <laughs> separates you from, you know, I mean, Sarah Z is amazing. Does Sarah mm-hmm. Z need another person making Sarah Z-like work, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it even possible? Um, is that even a question? I think um, it's, it has been liberating, but I think in that aspect, I can only go from what I, I can only do what I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but when I started looking back at, being more specific about um, thinking about architectural space, I more so felt it with that, that I was missing this whole history. And I started to, um, I was worried that, yeah, what am I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a trained architect in that. And I felt like at one oh, point yeah. that I needed to know all of that. And then no, 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 eventually no, no, no. it just, I was like, so I mean, I, I've yeah. gone to some lectures recently, I, like, and it was just such an out-of-body experience to be like not in an art school lecture hall, but an architecture, and uh. it just was fascinating. You know, like some of the words cross over, and it's but it's a different vocabulary, mm-hmm. and, um, and I thought, you know, yeah, some some immersion is great. You know, I, I Gordon Monat Clark is a huge, uh, and for years I had no idea that he was like Cornell trained architect, and then kind of turned his back on it but you know I just thought he was this child prodigy of, mm-hmm. uh, of Roberto Mata and you know you just think like oh well it's just runs in the he, blood but how, how did he turn his back on it what like what as far it? as the practice of I guess he saw that as something that he did not want to participate in uh, you know gritty uh, 670s you know New York in terms of just building pretty buildings and so he um, coined anarch- anarchitecture yeah and and then, to go you know, against but I mean, the first step was it like what are you burning grid paper? I mean, what, what's the, yeah? I think there was like, really, I don't think he wrote a manifesto <laughs> or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How does it, <laughs> but he certainly yeah. I think he I think he took some time. He had to go back, you know. If he knew he needed to like at least get the degree, but I think he was yeah. really struggling with whether this was something viable. Um, you know, then they had the restaurant uh, food. I think it was called. I mean, just way, 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 way ahead of his time. But, yeah, um, that's true. I don't know. I'm fascinated by architecture as well, and architects, they're so brilliant. And you think of, like, how much they have to know. And mm-hmm. every time I think, like, man, I should take some, and I'm like, no. There's <laughs> math. That's right, I know. No, no math. Like, exactly. Engineering. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. How yeah, exactly. that? I'm going to just kind of slum and day trip <laughs> yeah. through. Pick and choose. Slum and day trip. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are always like, are you, you know, did you study architecture? I'm like, hell no. Right. I, I was talking with somebody, the, an architect the other day, and, and the biggest challenge that I heard from him and that I would see in it 
is that you have this grand idea and then you go back and then they you know yeah. either because of regulation or budget uh, it just chips budget away or, and then it just diluted and diluted and diluted you know it's the same thing as those concept cars when you're like man when that comes out I can't right. wait to drive it and then you come out and it's just like you're never gonna looks get like to another that. Nissan Juke you know <laughs> that would be tough I mean that's I mean again you know the, all the fraught possibilities of being an artist and yet for the most part, no one's in here telling you, like, oh, could you that's change a, that? Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Occasionally you hear, you know, maybe some from galleries. Uh, you know, uh, these are really selling. Uh, could you could mind? it be bigger? Could it be smaller? Yeah. Could it be both? Could it be both? <laughs> uh, Do A, B, and C. But anyway, we're, we're, we're bouncing here. You, you said minimal, and uh, that could be a charged term. I'm curious, though, in, in the spirit of maybe Gordon Monte Clark, do you see this work as a deconstruction? I know um, I've talked about it in that way, and I sometimes hesitate to say that because because they still are so they still reference they're still so self referential. So I have the you know the larger idea that I'm thinking these larger ideas that I'm thinking of um, that horrible word gentrification. Um, but when I'm making the work, the work just becomes kind of about the making and the materials and the process. So I guess I feel maybe in some sense I can say that it's deconstruct. I'm deconstructing, I think, materials. Um, but I don't feel like I'm at a point yet where I'm deconstructing this I, these ideas, which I think that's where I would like to get to okay. in some way and even if that and um, and that, so going back to the research I think that's where why I'm wanting to um, do more research and I'm still okay with even if after I do that research the, mater- the work looks the same but I think for me knowing that I'm <laughs> I guess it's like valid- I guess it's like validation in some way that I'm sure like, okay. Plus, it could be setting up, you know, a body of work that's maybe two or three, you know, down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that's know, true. But, um, so, that, so now that we, now that the word gentrification oh, did come up, I know. you're seeing quite a bit in the surrounding area here. So I said in a, this is not your question, but um, so I said I gave a, a like a little artist talk, and I said that I didn't, I try to avoid using the word gentrification because. It just, I feel like it shuts down the conversation. I think in the talk I said it's triggering, but, which is not really the word that I meant, but, um. It's a tough one, though. It's a tough, I mean, like, it's like, it's like race, you know, it's like as soon as you break that out, everyone's like, oh, okay, let me leave the room, or I already know what you're talking about, and I think, so as soon as you bring the term out, it just, it shuts it down, and it makes it black and white, and it doesn't allow for all of these, um, nuances of that conversation. That so I is, think I finally realized that's why I don't, you know, other than that it's just this like. <laughs> that has been our finding and we've left some on the, uh, yeah, we'll get into these on the cutting know, room floor. conversations and you're like, this, I don't, I don't Where, know. Where's this going? going? Yeah. yeah. Does this contribute? Uh, does anybody want to listen to this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, cause there's so many sides to it. I mean, like there, I mean, are there positives? to gentrification in, in your neighborhood, right. in your mind. Well, I mean, I'm a gentrifier, you know? I mean, like, That's we... True. That's so true. So, and part of it was... So, in the earlier conversation of the work was me in that transition with the older work where I was thinking about myself as this explorer, like, within the page. But, you know, like, what does it mean for me to be this explorer? Or what does it mean for me to come into this neighborhood with that is... Um, you know, has so much history and that I have my own and it's, I'm aware of them now, um, but yeah, there were things that I wanted and maybe still want <laughs> you know, in this neighborhood yeah. that I'm like, that's not what's best for the community, that's not best. what's best for the for um, you know, the neighbors that have been here for hundreds of years, or their families have been right. here, but um, you know, that so that we bought a house It'll be five years, um, but in some ways, you know, how are we any different? You then? pay taxes. You mm-hmm. so in that way, and 
I mean, how do you how do you balance those right. two um, claims? Because by on, theory, like no matter what neighborhood you move into, technically, or is that not right? Like if if we move to I don't know, I'm going to pick Buckhead, just whatever that <laughs> yeah, means. Right. You know, like, are you a gentrifier? Probably not. Is it because we would of, be because the property we, values? We would be bringing the, the property value down. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're just the dumb money. At that point. That's, what, that's what that is. But you know what I mean? That is that connotation. What's the opposite of, of gentrification? I don't know, but like, I think it, I think it's pretty hard not to put yourself it's a question. If you've moved any time in Atlanta in the last ten yeah. years or so, like, how are you not? Because you're pretty much priced out of any. If you're trying to stay within, yeah, oh yeah, right within the the city. But by virtue of becoming a part of a community, you are changing it in some way, mm -hmm. if only with the footprint yeah. of your vehicle. But being or, aware of right, you're changing yeah. in some, but you can still change it. I think it's just, I think, just being aware of your wants and needs and expectations yeah. of how things should or should not be. Um, as opposed to maybe just stepping back and seeing what already exists in the area and maybe how you maybe how you can fit into that space as opposed to how can I change the space to adapt my needs. How many times have you seen a, a community where it's like they've got an olive garden? Let's get the olive garden out. And has well, that happened? Is Olive Garden still around? Yeah, they are. It's still, <laughs> still around. But like, let's say you just you're like improving the community in that way. Let's get the Olive Garden out. Let's get the Five Below out. They're not going to sponsor get... us. <laughs> I could always insert another restaurant later if, if we get the, if we get the Olive Garden account. <laughs> hey, John Stewart is always pillaring uh, Arby's. That's true. But no, do you? But do you see what? But, my point is, you know, and I think that that actually did happen in Buckhead because there were, you know, what, like IHOP, didn't they? Well, Which is IHOP now, by the so way. So it's, it's super gentrification. But like, yeah, what, you're right. about Little Five Points? This probably goes back way, but that whole Edgewood shopping center, before, you know, when that was coming in, that was people, you know, were up in arms. And some people also were like, well, hey, this, I have to drive how far for groceries? And then when Starbucks moved in, that was, mm -hmm. you couldn't use the bathroom then, no. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> some of us can't use the bathroom now. Oh, man, sorry. They're, no, no, no. That, now it's they're anybody. very clear about. They're very clear about. Uh, there is no. You can do anything. You, you can want do anything you want yeah, now. Anything you want. Anybody can do anything that they want in the store, whether you have the app or not. Whether you get the rewards. And the credit card. You can also get the Starbucks credit card and get the rewards on There's that. But there aren't any rewards for going to the bathroom yet. I just wish they be. would make good coffee. I know. They're, they're no, yeah, right, right, I agree. They're awful. Mm -hmm. I, Sorry, Starbucks. Well, when we talk about addiction, I, you know, I sometimes wonder. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get, I mean, you are... Would you say you're caffeine addicted or? No? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If I don't so have an espresso, you see what yeah. happens. You get very angry. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see that. No, I get a just you know raging headache. I, I made uh, sure. I mean, we were like two minutes late, but I was like, I knew better. I needed to have that one shot before I because otherwise I'd be like, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. After where was I? <laughs> um, and instead, I'm just look like I never mind. <laughs> Instead, I'm just Mr. Personality. Yeah, hey. Uh, so I've dinged Nissan. Yeah, we're. Uh, Olive Garden has yeah. been dinged. Starbucks. Is, is Olive Garden a Darden restaurant? I don't know. It's a no fly. Maybe, yeah. So Darden, <laughs> we're not, not getting the Darden account now. As an Italian American, you're yes. offended yeah, by, uh, by, by Olive Garden. I, I, I love the commercials where. I love the commercials where um, it's like they have a great grandfather in Tuscany or something. Have you seen those? It's been a while since I saw it, but it's no. like ah, and then all of a sudden it's like in an I olive think garden. I have seen that. Oh. Right, oh. you're right there. As soon as you walk in, just takes, the takes me to Tuscany as soon as I exactly. immediately. And nothing says Tuscany like unlimited breadsticks. Yeah, exactly. Right, because that's what they do in Tuscany. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not American. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. <laughs> a good skit. What do you, this is another one we always kind of uh, stumble around too in terms of like the role of the artist, especially in this 
Trumpian mm-hmm. time, you know, in terms of activism. Um, do you feel pressure to, you know, use your voice, your platform? Are you somehow failing if you're not as an artist? You know, like that's that's a weird. There's mm-hmm. some that just think like, oh, you're an artist. You need to, you know, you need to be right. standing on top of a building with a bullhorn versus. Some people, sure, that's their practice, their mm-hmm. art, but like, where do you feel yeah. on that? I think you know, if that had been my practice pre this time, uh, then yes, but I would, um, for me to uh, drive it in that way um, would feel very disingenuous. Um, and, and I would rather. I would rather use my voice and use and be active in other ways and not through because I feel like if I was to do that now I'd be doing it just to say I'm now it wouldn't be it just wouldn't be genuine I mean if you're not consistent I mean it's just complete BS I mean you know you think of like Barbara Kruger and yeah uh, right yeah uh, Jenny Holzer I mean, right you know like I don't you, you can't dip into that and then back out yeah, and exactly. make a sunny pretty picture you know like you're either I think all in or I just don't know how you have any credibility mm-hmm. yeah. um, which again I think I feel like why when I bring in the R word uh, even though those are I'm thinking about aspects of that um, that it's still that's well, yeah, but, because um, you, on some level, there is social criticism in the process, mm-hmm. or you know, it or may the not, use of the materials, or the use. Yes, absolutely. So I'm just allowing the materials just to to do the talking. I think that's what good art does, right? Instead of just hitting you over the head with a what would otherwise be an uh, I mean, Instagram. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, the people that seem to matter to me seem to, you know. The career happened because of the work instead of, you know, mm, just, yeah. I mean, you know. In the moment they were in, like, trying to figure out how to protest. Like, again, like, what is the most genuine way, genuine way in that way, you know, because, like, everyone's like, you should give money to this. Or, like, am I giving money just to make myself feel better? Or, I just feel, like, I think it extends to everything. Like, what is the most... <laughs> Yeah. Well, sharing a post is one way. Like I've done my part. Now I'm gonna head on to brunch. Right. And then, right? On. And then I saw somebody the other day. I don't know if it was a T-shirt or a uh, mar- was it was it pro which is just protests are the new are the new brunch because it's this kind of passive kind of okay I'm gonna do this and then I've done my part. Right. And you then, know let's let's and and in social media you get the same thing sharing a post or you know, you know, retweeting or whatever. You're like, all right, I've done my part. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm, and I'm, and somehow, I mean, you think about the movements in history that have, the commitments that people made, lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, the sacrifices that were made. And I don't know how much of that is really, maybe. Exists today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I, I find that, you know, the, it's nice to be in a studio and be able to think about and try to process and slow down because everything is just so uh-huh. quick. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know it's hard not to get instantly pissed off. Right, just looking at the cover of the paper, um, you know. And for me, I find myself having to go back and, and you know read or reread some, mm-hmm. some some books, some history to put things in perspective. You know, and um, but you know it used to be that making art. Alone, that was a that was a form of right. protest mm-hmm. because you were in, in some way, on a less technological level, opting out of mm-hmm. the system. And now um, that's still very much the case. I mean, choosing the life of a of art, making art, is some way you're opting out of the system. But is, I wonder, is that not enough anymore? Um, well, I'm wondering if with because it's also so institutionalized now. Yeah. Like just with MFAs that yeah. you know that everyone has to is feels the need to go back for an MFA. And a second MFA. And a second MFA and possibly a PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, does that change that conversation? Does that? Well, um, that in. I mean, it, it does. I mean, yeah. It's 
Because that that is another system within the system. Right. Um, the loans, the... But do you think that how much activism is required in work now, or is any required, for some sort of level of success, let's say, whether I, it's... I would say if, there, if it is required, I would say it's a superficial requirement because the requirement is, I think, always going to... Is it, why is it required? And is it, most, is it required in order to sell? See, I think what I see is it's almost more of a social requirement than a... Hmm. I think it depends where it's showing. Right. I yeah, mean, I think like, look at like, you know, university, museum type settings yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus New York galleries, Lower right. East Side or Chelsea. And like, look at the difference. And like, I don't know, like someone like Kelty Ferris comes to mind, you mm-hmm. know, like what, what might be selling versus, mm-hmm. you know, the, the more politically charged. I mean, there's a huge gulf between those two. Um. I, I feel like a lot of like the professional like New York MFA clad artists mm-hmm. that you know are in the, the books we're reading that have been doing it for 15, 20 years like hearing them talk about the work I mean it's um, are they somehow above it all no, or I think it's just it's about the work and not these grandiose statements for the most part and mm-hmm. it's not yeah. dumbing it down but it's right. I, mean, I think there are course people that could say oh it's just decoration and it's yeah. sofa art or who knows? It's their career, and it's how right. they choose to make a living. But uh, I mean, do you see that? You know, in terms of like on Instagram, like uh, you know, whether it's a Cecily Brown at mm-hmm. showing a Gagosian or you know, some just name anybody you can think of, Sarah Z. Like, what? There's that level. Do you see protest in that work? Does it need to be there? I mean, I'm sure po- privately, who knows right. what they're doing? Well, I, I think mean, that's I guess great. so. Carol Walker. Mm-hmm. Okay. But hers is is built on. It's always been there. Yeah, right. It's always been there. Is it a fifty fifty proposition? You think or uh, maker viewer right. creator viewer? Okay, yeah, we always. Ask I guess that. to some extent. Yes. For you, what do you what do you want the viewer to? I think about the viewer. <laughs> More sixty forty. What do you think? No, that's on it. I love. It, it's, so you're not thinking about the end result, or is it? at all while you're making? Do you think about it once it's on site, hanging, existing in a space? Or your job is done and you've, you know, you've tiled the work? I think only for the installations, am I thinking? But like for the paper pieces, I'm just thinking about the work. Um, and then the installations, it's more, it's somewhat more about how does the viewer interact with it? Um, but no, I guess that's a lie, though, because I still have that concern. Because I do still have that concern. This is the gotcha interview. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I do have Krista the back Clark, it's <laughs> <a> sham. <laughs> An olive garden <laughs> goes down Yeah, why couldn't we have this at the art Um Get together on an olive garden after this. <laughs> no, I do have, I, because I do have that back and forth, the concern of what is the viewer, what is the takeaway for the viewer from looking at my work? So yes, I am, I am always asking myself that, not in order to, I use dictate a bit, sorry, my next move. Or control. <laughs> control, yeah. my, but um, overall in terms of, you know, like, what is, what is the viewer getting from the work? Do you do like a little bit of wall text or is there any kind of context? I'm trying to think there was something at Sliver, I thought, or was that just on There was. Line? Yeah, there was the um, there was the little wall text. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for those that care to dig a little deeper, you're, right. you're okay with mm-hmm. that. Otherwise, someone could just have that cold read and yeah. you're, you're fine with realizing that there's nothing any of us can do to control somebody mm-hmm. else's reaction. Right. Yeah, that's that's giving. And I I have I think sometimes I rely on titles more too, mm-hmm. even though I and they're all avoid them. Very succinct, like your work. <laughs> no, I'm obsessed with titles, but say so there is a system there. It seems like either one word, sometimes mm-hmm. two. Do you keep a list or anything? I don't. And sometimes I I I haven't been doing it actually so much. There was for a while where I was just <laughs> repeating titles. Um, yeah. As long as it's not like untitled number seventy-two. Right, I do try to avoid. I don't 
think I've done. I feel any like such a failure when I when I, know, I sometimes. I feel like the thirteenth hour something has to leave, and I'm just like I'll just put something oh, on it, but I won't do untitled. It's so bad. Generally, yeah. And the installations actually sometimes the titles they sometimes come like while I'm making the work, or whereas with the drawings I'm like, or, like I don't know, the oldest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the title. What? We're like an hour and a half. I know. I can't believe it. It's oh, flying really? by. No. Um, time flies when you're podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we've hit the G word, and um, we touched on the R word. Uh, any other? Did you say the G word? Yeah. It's the G. Oh, it's not gender. It's gentrification. Oh. Yeah. Man, what are we gonna do now? You mean the R word? <laughs> you mean the R word? You, yeah, you said R word earlier, and I got so discombobulated by uh, gentrification and those G word. Have we said an R word today? What is, but now, now that I think about it, G word, you can't, we can't say G word. No, that wow. brings all other kinds of things in that the word's not about. Yeah. But now I have Carly so Simon. So there you go. You're, you have Carly I've Simon. I've Carly Simon, and I hear gentrification instead of anticipation. In my head. It's just going <laughs> to burn a hole in my brain today. Oh. All right. Hey, this. thank you so much. Thank this has been yeah, a great time. Yeah, this is really enjoyable. And we didn't, uh, we didn't do our introductions at the beginning, but... Uh, That's okay. Connect with Joe and Matthew and find out more about this and other episodes at BrainFuzzPodcast.com. On social media, share your thoughts and comments with hashtag BrainFuzzPodcast. People that were able to define what epic we've been uh, in, and now, of course, it's cats out of the bag, and somebody wants to say we're in, uh, you know, pluralism. Pluralism. Or, I was trying to think of some of those new this terms that just did not make it for like post post uh, modernism, and I've got a list somewhere of things that annoy me like that. Anyway, <laughs> no. So what's funny is if we were to look back in the history books, there'll be the Windows. 9